Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello. Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You had a problem with my attire when you arrived today, so we're recording during the day, we usually do it of an evening. Mm. You answered the door, and let's bear in mind that your front door doesn't open out into a long, expansive driveway. <laughs> your door opens out onto a, like a, str- a street, a, bit, a busy street, opens out onto a street, and you were wearing a t-shirt. Great, happy to see you in a t-shirt. Uh, your bottom half was just some skimpy boxer shorts with a rather gaping hole what, what do you call that hole the, the fly, fly the fly g- gaped so i could see inside well i've got a couple of things here mm. firstly i think i i take objection to your use of the word skimpy <laughs> okay go on i have some skimpy briefs oh a brief so okay, and yeah. th- these these weren't they I think a... anything that wasn't down to your knees, I would describe as skimpy. Right, but you think bloomers, anything that isn't bloomers yes. is, is is skimpy. Yes, I would. So my first point is, were it a summer day, maybe you'd come around and be wear, wearing shorts. Not with a gaping fly. Well, this 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 then brings me on to my second point. But first, the first point I wanted to address is like an appropriate amount of my body was covered up. Okay, yeah, you're right. right. If they'd been shorts, I wouldn't have said a word. Yeah. Okay. And then... I know what you're going to say next. Well, why was I staring at your gaping fly? Yes. Yeah. I think we all know why, because you've opened the door in your pants, so my eyes automatically go down to the pants because there's something different going on here. You're in pants. And how can I look at your pants without noticing the gaping fly? I'm going to be honest with you about something. Okay. Every now and again, hmm. not often, because it's not really your style, but every now and again you'll wear a, a blouse, right? <laughs> a little blouse. And you... Don't don't button up every single button. You don't button up to the top button right. often, do you? Yeah. Often there's a couple of buttons undone. Yeah. I'll be honest with you about something. Yeah. Never once am I looking down that gaping, <laughs> gaping gap where your tantalising, comely bosom lies beneath. I don't do it. I don't. Like, it, it's, it's, I, 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 it doesn't draw the eye. First of all, I don't have a comely bosom, as we all know. <laughs> Secondly, I don't ever wear something that opens up to a comely bosom. But e- even if you crouch down, right? Even mm. if you crouch down, mm. so it, the, the the aforementioned fly was at eye level. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to see. There was nothing to see. Nothing to see there. And I'm you know no. I'm not being self deprecating. I mean, there there is nothing to see there in this other sense. <sighs> but the the worst 
that you would have seen mm. would be a, a, a glimpse of the body hair on my pubis. No, I admit that all I got was a, an idea of a change of colour. Right. <laughs> like, because you were wearing flowery boxer shorts and I, and I said... They weren't flowery. Oh, oh, really? I've got the monster. Oh, OK, let's have a look. I checked. Oh, how funny how I remember them as flowery. Yeah. Very clear image in my head of them being flowery. This, I think there's mm. something going on with you here where you're, you're imagining <laughs> this beautiful garden... <laughs> And what is that? Is that a weed? Uh, uh, yeah, the weed in the garden. Mm. Yeah. So, well, I feel embarrassed now that I, I noticed the gaping thing. But it's not gaping. Ma- maybe it wasn't gaping. You should feel embarrassed. They opened the door onto the street with a gaping fly. <laughs> it wasn't gaping. This is my exact point. Mm. The the if 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 you can accept that I couldn't justify like staring into uh, a blouse. Mm. A slightly unbuttoned blouse by saying, I couldn't help myself because my eyes were just drawn to that gaping blouse. <laughs> then I think the same thing has to apply to those boxer shorts. Okay, if you want to see a photo of these these boxer shorts and their gaping hole to judge for yourself, it's hello at triffpodcast.com. <laughs> now, I have news. Great, go on. I went to a party. Congratulations. What's wrong with me? I don't know. It wasn't even a children's birthday party where I had to go as a parent. It was a party party, like a significant uh, birthday of a close friend with a zero on the end. I knew it had to be a zero on the end, of course, yeah. But you know what I'm like? Usually, even if it's somebody who's reasonably close and it's their 40th, Mm. I would say to them, or 50th as this was, I would say to them, I'm not going to come to your party. I'm afraid that it's just not my thing. It's just... I'm not, your party's not going to be any worse for me not being there. We'll go out for lunch. We'll have a nice time. Mm. You won't notice I'm not there. I won't spend weeks dreading it. Like, no, nobody's benefiting from me being at your party. If anything, I suck the energy out of a room. This, this is what I usually say to people. Yeah. But there's, there's probably, I mean, I could certainly count on one hand the number of people who I would show up for if they asked it of me. You're one of them. Thank you. Yeah, there's, 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 uh, there's almost no others. It's and it was one of those people. Mm-hmm. And do you know what people always say to me? If you just, if you just go, the thing is, you build these things up in your mind. But if you just go, you'll have a good time. You know, you'll probably, probably think oh, I should do this more often. Didn't didn't come away thinking that. <laughs> right. Nor did I think that was wretched. Okay. Somewhere just, in the middle. Good. I thought I got through that. Mm. I've got no appetite to go to another party, Mm-mm. but I got through it. At no point did I go and hide in the lavatory. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. Now, mm. there were nibbles. Mm. How, how do you uh, identify these days? Are you fully vegan? Are you what, What's going on with you? Uh, I'm vegan maybe 80% of the time. And then when you're not, it's fish, right? I uh, don't eat fish, but I might have a little bit of chocolate or a bit of cake or something. Right. So, okay. So you're not you're you're entirely plant based at this point. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, well, no, I'm just I'd say I'm 100 vegetarian. I try and be vegan. Right. Okay. 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 What are your feelings about deploying meat eaters to check whether something's veggie or not? Oh yeah, I've done that a lot in the past. Yeah, yeah. Can so, you just check? Then you just eat that for me and tell me what it is. Is there yeah. meat in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that a lot. Yeah. So, so I'm. Um, I, I was doing that with some of these nibbles mm-hmm. at the party. I was finding meat eaters and saying, well, just, uh, would you mind having a, a bite of that? I just want to, want to be sure it's not meat. Mm. So does that mean that then I'm finding meat eaters to, to be useful? 
Oh, you are. What are the ethics of me getting somebody else to eat meat so that I don't? <laughs> I think you'd have to be extremely committed to have an issue with that. Okay. <laughs> I think they're going to be eaten anyway, aren't they? Like they've already okay. been cooked and put okay. out. Yeah, it just feels a right. little bit like getting someone else to do the dirty work for me. Getting someone to do the killing for you. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's, that's different. Okay, good. It feels slightly better about that. Do you want to hear my worst small talk? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, please. My friend whose birthday it was, I bumped to his, to his best friend who. You know, I've I've known for the best part of thirty years, but we we miss each other about once a decade. Okay. So that that's the depth of the relationship. I find myself asking him within, I'd say, twenty seconds of him coming over. It might well have been ten. How his uh, urinary flow is these days? Oh, well, <laughs> that doesn't count as small talk. That's getting straight into it. <laughs> How is his urinary flow? Did well, it lead on to something? Do you know what? It led to a very interesting conversation because there he, he has um, developed a bend in his penis. What? And there was this whole whole other thing. I mean, it reflects very well on him that he was able to... Like, I, I threw... I made a bad pitch, right? I, I bowled a terrible conversational ball at him <laughs> yeah. and, he, and that he was able to knock it out of the park really yes. reflects very well on him. Mm. But... Um, my my thinking was, as I was saying it, was that, oh, there's Gavin. I don't see him more than once a decade. Look, aren't we getting old now? Look at us. We're at a 50th. He's probably 50. I will be in a couple of years. How's our life changed? And then, like, the first thing that came into my head mm. was that when I go to the loo these days, there's a, there's a little pause before anything happens. Mm. It's a bit like... Happens less these days, but you know, on the Eurovision when they used to go around the countries, <laughs> yeah, and there was yeah. a bit of delay on the satellites, yeah. so they'd say, you know, hello Sarajevo, how are you? We're fine, thanks for putting on a wonderful evening. Mm, mm, mm. And your points, please. Denmark, one point. It was, it was, it was. So th- that's what happens to me these days. You're Terry Wogan, and your penis is like a glamorous Bosnian lady. <laughs> That's how we're all seeing it right now. Yeah. Joe, other podcasts, like more popular podcasts, sometimes people set up fan accounts um, called No Context and then the name of the podcast, where they'll just like sort of tweet words Uh, or even little clips. And I think if this podcast was more popular, your Terry Wogan and your penis is a glamorous Bosnian lady (laughs) really would have uh, been a good one for that. Anyway, um, what else could I tell you about my night out? Oh, so we take a taxi home. Hmm. Took the bus there. We're not made of money. <laughs> That's my catchphrase. <laughs> we're not made of money. Yeah. Um, and stopped at a cash machine to get money for the babysitter. Mm-hmm. So then we continue on our way. Taxi arrives at our house. Uh, the taxi driver says that'll be X amount of money. And I get my card out. He looks at me saying, I thought you just took cash out, mate. Oh, right. So I did, but to pay for the babysitter. Well, why should you have to justify that? But anyway, yeah. Like what What difference does it I mean? I know it makes it, we probably have to pay like 50p for every time, mm. but that's not my problem. Mm, mm, mm. Like, I don't like using cash. I think it's horrible. I'm surprised he pulled you up on that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Most would just let that go and be yeah. like, well, he's obviously wants the cash or something else. Maybe a babysitter. Okay, yeah. so I was I was going to um, 
Oh, so my, my question was who's right and who's wrong. Oh, yeah, you are definitely. I'm so great. <laughs> you are. Despite the whole incident with the gaping, mm. the tantalising glimpse. <laughs> That's what we're calling it now. Okay. <laughs> Would it have made it better or worse if um, at the Copacabana was playing when you arrived? <laughs> so much better. <laughs> Right, shall we hear from some drifters? Yes, first one's from Maria. This is about the things that you can't help thinking in certain situations. She says, I once read somewhere that you should never use the coffee cups in hotel rooms without washing them, as sometimes the cleaners dry them with used bath towels. This meant that I thought of this every single time I stayed in a hotel. I told John, a colleague of mine, about it and told, and he told me later that he hadn't been able to stay in a hotel since without washing the coffee cups before using them. So now, <laughs> whenever I stay in a hotel, not only do I have to wash the cups before use, but I also think of John and feel bad for him about not being able to stay in a hotel without first washing the cups due to what I told him. And I wonder if you will then also add into this the fact that we talked about it on the podcast. Or are we flattering? Are we flattering <laughs> ourselves here? That's great. I love that. This is from High Countess Jill England. Kia ora. My situation arose in the week after we went back to level two here in Wellington, New Zealand. The lockdown this time around has been a bit of a stink in terms of mental health for many of us, but mercifully, as yet, not too terrible south of Auckland when it comes to COVID outbreaks. Anyway, what it has done is led to approximately a million fold increase in nearly all Wellingtonians' love for coffee and made most of us even more attached to our daily cup, always from the same baristas. I have an almost religious, as it will turn out, very religious attachment to one very small place, very close to our Treasury, Reserve Bank and Parliament. It is a favourite haunt of politicians, their staff and serious policy wallers. I am a slightly discombobulated looking backpack wearing drifter who only goes in there mainly because these people make the best coffee in town. This time last week, I was particularly fumbly and lacking in confidence. I decided to disembowel my backpack on the table outside so I could scan in, get the very essential keep cup out and find my purse. For the life of me, I can't stop my bloody glasses flogging up. So not only am I a serial rummager of backpacks, backpacks, I'm a, say backpacks. <laughs> backpacks. I am a virtually blind rummager as well. On this occasion, I fought my way inside, ordered my coffee wordlessly. I'm a regular, so they know I'm a a large, trim, flat white. The only thing that might remotely add to my cool factor. I stand back in the small space at the respectable distance from the well-dressed, clever types, trying to look as non-socially awkward as possible. A handsome young man, about my son's age, had come in behind me and he was holding something between his fingers with arm outstretched with an expression that I'm sure was disgust under his mask. I realised with horror that it was my old leather purse. By the look of what you could see from his face, it was as if, it, it was as if he'd unearthed Tollen Man. But my <laughs> horror at having dropped a personal item and it being touched by another person was soon replaced by relief as this purse had my whole life in it. Cards, train pass, coffee ten trips for other coffee outlets from when I'm being unfaithful to these people. My anxiety at losing this grimy old purse would have been through the roof. So I blurted out, oh, thank God. Yes, yes, that's mine. Yes, you've saved my ass." 
The words, my arse, fell heavily and somewhat awkwardly around the roastery. People <laughs> shifted uncomfortably in the queue. The young man over his mask looked puzzled, as if I had somehow <laughs> wanted him to look right at my elderly arse in exchange for his picking up my purse. This is no good, I thought, as we boasted the regulation distance apart, staring straight ahead. <laughs> I need to remedy this situation by saying something more age appropriate and less gangster from the mid 1950s trying to talk to a young person. <laughs> I'm grateful for his finding my purse. I will simply thank him like a grown up and move on. So I turned to him and as I went over to pick up my now ready, large, trim, flat white, I looked him in the eye and said, bless you. Bless you? What the hell? <laughs> At that point, I may as well clutched into my heaving bosom or offered him a half-sucked cough drop from out of my ancient purse. Here, Sonny, for your troubles. I told him I would remember him in my prayers. <laughs> I, I don't know which utterance was worse. Despite that being my favourite coffee roastery, I can never, ever go there again. Ah, oh, One more. Oh, go! I mean, I just loved, I, I loved Jill getting Dickensian there. It was so wonderful. It, loved yeah. it, loved it. This is from Paul. Firstly, I'm certainly not the kind of person to give my phone number out haphazardly. However, we have a downstairs neighbour who is disabled and we would often see ambulances outside our home. As a courtesy, I gave my neighbour my phone number so that she could contact me in case of an emergency. I received very infrequent messages asking if I could maybe collect some medication when I was out at work, etc. All was good and I felt like I was doing a good deed. A few months later, my neighbour was now seeing a new boyfriend. Lover, if you prefer. And so <laughs> I the, know Annabelle does. I don't. And so the messages stopped completely until one morning I got a message from her. I opened it expecting to see some kind of request for minor assistance. But instead, I was faced with the most sexually explicit message I had ever read. It was genuinely triple X rated. I can only assume that her boyfriend must share my first name and it was sent to me in error. I was mortified and didn't know what to do. So obviously, I did nothing except to ignore it. An apology text also followed explaining the message wasn't for me, which I also <laughs> ignored. For weeks after, I was avoiding her and I would open my door and see if she was in her hallway before I'd leave home, just in case I'd have to pass her on the stairs. The thought of ever having to acknowledge the text was way <laughs> too much to cope with. In the end, I solved this problem by contacting my mobile phone network and changing my number. <laughs> Eventually, a few months later, I told her I had a new number now and I was not sure if I told her. She took my number and so far messages have only been appropriate and infrequent. <laughs> Fingers crossed it stays that way. Please find attached absolutely nothing as the screenshot oh. of the message would make you squirm for days. Oh, that's terrific. Mm. What great emails this week. Yeah, weren't they? Well, there you go. Um, you, we, we'd like one from you as well, please. Mm. Um, send us yours. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Noticing a lot of glasses on, glasses off this week, Annabelle. Oh, really? Yeah. Got a problem with that? Just curious to know what the... Uh, What's, what's going on for you? At what stage do you think I should get some kind of necklace to wear them around my neck? 
Are we there yet? I've got one if you'd like oh, to borrow it. Oh, really? Sarah, borrow. <laughs> she forbade me. If we can have it, uh, she forbade me. Really? Oh, well, then it's obviously not a cool thing, so I don't want to. Because I'm now on the very focals. Mm. My spare glasses are actually two pairs of glasses. Uh, okay, okay. So I had them both on. So I'd sat on these or something mm. uh, and I had to use the spares and I had them both on on strings uh, and like one on my head I, one I was, around my neck I see I see so sorry I get I get more what you mean now so yeah your spare glasses it's not just one pair you mm. have to wear both pairs right? yes you have to flip between the two yeah. yes. mm. anyway those are nice perched on the end of your nose well, I think that's a better look isn't it yes, perch it yeah. yeah you're not going to go very focal soon you clearly need to mm. and I think I'm alright thanks sir thanks for asking it's just the, the constant taking on <laughs> Taking off, putting back on again. I'm fine with it, doesn't it? I feel like a secretary when I do it. Yeah, like make, make, your life, make your life a bit easier. I might start having a ponytail so I can also undo it at the times when I take my glasses it's off. It's difficult to recognise you, to understand that it's the same person. Oh, it's I like see, a, yeah. It's a Clark Kent situation. Yeah, it's so dramatic, the difference, yeah, I can yeah, imagine. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, mm. what are we doing here? Uh, another, another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult? Yes. So we've all got things that have happened to us in our lives. All of us. All of us. All of us have. There isn't anyone who hasn't got that. No, something's, you know, something's happened to you. Yeah, yeah. But which turn into memories, which lie dormant until every now and then they like to spring back up and make us cringe so much that our insides wither. You never know when they're going to pop up or how often, but they're always there waiting. One of mine pops up more regularly than you'd expect because... I can see from an outside perspective that it, this really isn't that terrible. It's not a story about how I was once pulled up on stage at Madonna concert at Wembley Stadium and as I got pulled up, my dress got caught on something and ripped off and the embarrassment of being naked on stage triggered about a diarrhoea, which I then <laughs> skidded in and as I fell, my phone accidentally connected via Bluetooth to the video screens and it started showing to the crowds my internet search history <laughs> and weirdly, the letter I wrote to Stuart Walker when I was 12 asking him if he wanted a French kiss me but Madonna wasn't all that phased by it all and insisted I sing an a cappella version of Like a Virgin while naked and smeared in feces. <laughs> it's not that. How, how long did it take you to, to envisage that situation? <laughs> Something I think about a lot. <laughs> Just write it down. That's made up. Yeah. I promise. And it's also quite extreme. That is very much at the other end of the spectrum of embarrassing moments. But this memory is something that pops into my head with some regularity and it makes me cringe to my core. So we're going back to when I was around 13. Mm. French kissing Stuart Walker was in the past. He'd already told everyone it wasn't great as I'd been eating peanuts. And I'd already <laughs> dumped him by saying it and then running away. I think the peanuts would ab absorb maybe excess moisture. Was it maybe, too dry? Maybe or? that's what he didn't like. Right. No. There's a sweet spot, isn't the moisture? Yeah. Water, when you're French kissing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was in the car with my parents, heading home from somewhere, and it must have been winter because it was getting dark, but it wasn't that late. And for some reason, I wanted them to drop me off in Basildon Town Centre. Can't remember why. Possibly I wanted to go to a record shop. Possibly I wanted to look at stationery in WH Smith's. I'm not sure, but I do remember I had my banjo with me. And my, <laughs> <laughs> and my parents oh, had said God. no. Probably because it would have involved a detour, but I decided that it was some kind of safety issue, that they didn't want me wandering around Basildon High Street on my own in the dark with a banjo. I'm not sure why I thought this is previously the most dramatic thing that had happened to me in Basildon High Street was seeing Dave Garn from Depeche Mode. So I don't know why I'd envisage that it was some kind of danger. But I think I was in that frustrated early teenage phase where you want to be more independent and you can't be. 
And rather than question the reasons why I wasn't allowed, I said this one thing that sometimes keeps me awake at night. So I'd asked, they'd said no, I jumped to a conclusion and then I immediately said, I know how to throw a punch, you know. (laughs) God, those words. Why do they haunt me so? (laughs) I think because... Firstly, I was a 13-year-old girl that went to an all-girls school and my life up until this point had been ballet and ballroom dancing and My Little Pony. I had never punched anyone in my life. I don't think I'd ever seen anyone punch anyone outside of television. Secondly, throw a punch. The fact that I'd said throw a punch, the casual aggression of throwing a punch rather than just punching someone. Where had I heard that? Possibly the 18. (laughs) And then thirdly, the fact that this scrawny teenager with a banjo thought that I could punch my way out of trouble like I was Rocky <laughs> himself. I don't remember what happened Hulk after smash. that. <laughs> I don't remember what happened after that, although I can pretty much guarantee that there was some stifled laughter in that car. I don't, I don't think I was even that embarrassed at the time. That came later. And I don't know why I still remember it so well or why I think about it more than that time I went to Madonna's concert at Wembley and I got pulled up and the... No, that really was made up. Now, we should, uh, we should do an update on, uh, on the Patreon content yes. that we are currently uh, doing market research on. Yes, yes. And uh, I think we said we, we could do a couple of weeks market research on this and then make a decision next week, didn't we? Yeah, I've got a few, uh, a few email about it, then I'll come to some, some data. Okay. Ian in Romford says, just a few short words on the preferred choice. I'll admit that I'm in the tiny group of people who have never seen Come Dine With Me, so I don't know how the setup works, but is there a possibility of combining that with the Mr and Mrs idea, maybe a selection of intriguing questions in between courses? Interesting. Ian, a few years ago, in fact many years ago, we took our radio show to Las Vegas. Hmm. It wasn't the happiest time in either of our lives, I think it's fair to say. Mm-hmm, yeah. But... Something that sticks in the memory is people's behaviour at the buffets. (laughs) These these buffets are kind of opulent is quite the right word, but they're heaving Mm. and a version, not necessarily the finest version, but a version of many of the world's cuisines can be found amidst the, the, the expanse of food on offer. Mm. I remember feeling quite disgusted watching people, for example, pile up some spare ribs next to a piece of pizza, next to some Chinese stir fry, next to some sushi, Mm, mm. next to a burger, all on one plate. Yeah, yeah. And I don't mean to shame you here, Ian, but I feel that that's that's what you've just suggested. There. Oh, too much, too yeah. much on one plate. Pick it, yeah, we 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 mm. ask you to pick. Mm-hmm. You've I got to... it's an interesting idea. Okay, do you think I went idea. in too hard then? A little bit. <laughs> Sorry, Ian. <laughs> I'm balancing it by saying I found yeah. it quite an interesting idea. Thank you, Ian, for for emailing you. Sarah says the come dine with the option definitely gets my vote, and I would love it if Jeff made chili paneer so we can all have the <sighs> recipe. Well, I use Sanjana Feast's recipe off Instagram as the ah, one that I've settled on. Okay. I've made it for you before, haven't yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very nice. Although with your sort of 80% mm. vegan, maybe I'd do chilli tofu instead. Yes, 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 yes. Mm. 
Um, okay, shall I move on to the data now? Because I do have some quite exciting news because Joseph Gorsi from the Adrift Facebook group. The man himself, the, the, the legend. The legend, Joseph, the, the man. Key, the keeper of the keys. Yes. For the Friday question, he asks what people would like to see for the Patreon video. He says, I put in the two options that you suggested. Again, and, and did people just, without even hearing this episode, say the uh, the, the gaping... The gaping hole in the boxer shorts. <laughs> no, no, they didn't. There's a lot of demand for no. that. <laughs> but they will be now. That's the problem, yeah. yeah. He put in the two options that we suggested, but he also let people add in their own suggestion. Oh. So, I'll do the final figures for from everything we've got through email and through this Facebook group. Mm-hmm. With 6% of the vote, doing it in reverse order, naked attraction. <laughs> a bit insulted, it's only 6%. Anyway... With 30% of the vote, Mr. and Mrs., and with a grand 64% of the vote, come dine with me. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. So that does add up to 100. Yeah. Does it? So what? So was yeah. the only suggestion, given that people could make their own suggestions, the, the singular suggestion was naked attraction? And then I think people jumped on that and were like, yeah, I like that. Well, not many of them. Well, nine. <laughs> <laughs> well... We have a clear winner then, don't we? We do. I think definitely a clear winner, yeah. Um, So I I thought we were going to come back to that next week, but but it seems like it's decided. Well, we we could leave. I feel like we're not going to get any more votes, are we? I think think that's decided, yeah. So then we'll have to put the wheels in motion then. Yep. Start planning. You're going to ask Tom to do it pro bono. (laughs) No, we can do it on our phones. (laughs) Yeah, we're fine. Yeah. But maybe tell him we're going to do it on our phones. Mm. Say, Tom, we, we're going to do, we're going to produce a video. Yeah. But we don't want to bother with you with it. We're going to mm. do it on our phones. Yeah. Hopefully, he'll be so horrified at what that would look like. Yeah, he will. Yeah. That he'll step in and yeah. help us out. Yeah. Here. I, th- I think that's exactly the way to play it. I'm not going to say the words. I'm not going to say the words pro bono. Don't mention pro bono. I'm not going to say those words. No. Okay. okay. Right. We'll uh, we'll have an update for you on that um, next week. <laughs> couple of little things here one is i was on the um the overground train in london the other day Mm. and down the carriage there was a child who was screaming in the most harrowing way that it was blood curdling and it was relentless it it didn't just go on for a few minutes Mm. now as somebody who had uh, a, a young child who would scream just a few years ago I know what that feels like, and I don't want to do anything to make that person more uncomfortable. Yeah. What I'd like to do in an ideal situation is turn around and give a little understanding smile. Yeah. But because it was outside of my peripheral vision, 
and I was wearing a mask. Ah, yeah. I thought if I do that, I uh, I might look like it's a, I'm giving a glare, and I don't want my mm. encouraging smile to be interpreted as a glare. So I just won't look. Okay. And then a thought popped into my head, which was, what if this isn't just a child being mad like children are and just crying over over something? Mm. What if this this child is like it's an abductor? What if what if an abductor oh. has the child or something terrible is unfolding? And you hadn't even looked. No. Yes. Because this this screaming is is really something else. But then I thought the more likely thing is though it's it's just a child crying. Yeah. And it occurred to me that I would rather not <laughs> risk somebody misconstruing a friendly look that I gave them uh, yeah. than intervene with the possibility that a child was being, uh, something not great was in some way happening to a child. Wow. Says a lot. I think there's a little bit of the essence of what it is to be a drifter in that. Very much so. The other thing is, um, a while ago, I saw a tremendous music film it was aretha franklin i think it was filmed in 1970 she's performing at a gospel church in la and they they found the footage of this has been sat in a can for years they found the footage they edited it using um, modern technology and made it look good and shiny and sparkly and they got the the sound of the concert and they matched it up, and it is a, it's spectacular. It's one of, I think, the great filmed music performances, and I just loved it. I'd say this was maybe last summer that I watched it. Okay. A few weeks ago, I was in um, I was in this coffee shop near my house where I know the guy, and I would say we we have okay small talk. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying there isn't part of me that's relieved when it's not him on shift. I'd rather be served by a robot, so I don't <laughs> do any of it. But if, if I have to deal with a person, he he's a good uh, a good version of that. Thinks we talk about music, and something there was some way in which I brought up this Aretha Franklin gospel concert in uh, in the conversation, and he got very enthused about it. Cut to. A few days later, I'm back in there. He says, oh, they're, uh, they're showing that Aretha Franklin film at um, a cinema. So me and one of the other people who work here, we're, we're going to go and see it. I said, oh, you're going to love it. It is just brilliant. Let me know what you think. It's spectacular. Fast forward another couple of days, I'm on the bus. I go past that cinema. I see what they are showing is not uh, the film I was talking about, but it is a recent biopic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the one of Aretha mean. Franklin. Yeah, yeah. That has had, I think, mixed reviews. Yes, lukewarm reviews. Yes. How do I handle this oh, situation? Because no. you don't want to be looked like to be recommending something that they might not enjoy. Yeah, saying it's the best thing ever yeah. when they're not that crazy yeah. about it. Oh no! Because then they're going to think, well, his taste is off. When in actual fact, my taste is anything but off. But by pointing it out, you're pointing out the fact they've got it wrong. They made a mistake, and that's not. Great well, he for hasn't them. given me as a, so. There's a, this awkward situation is hanging there because presumably they went to see a film thinking it was this thing that I recommended, mm. thought it wasn't very good, 
I thought, that was weird that he recommended that. But they're not going to say anything to me. No, of course not. Because they they don't want me to feel like I gave a bad recommendation. However, Mm. it would be too weird for me to go in there and say, yeah, do you remember you were going to go and see an Aretha Franklin film that I recommended? I passed the cinema and I think that was actually a different film. Uh, I would Uh, never have recommended that one. I uh, haven't seen it. (laughs) uh, The the reviews have, have been mediocre. How do I, I handle it? I don't think that's terrible. I think you could say, oh... By the way, I went past the cinema and I saw it was a different. You don't have to say anything about good or bad. I just noticed it was a different one to the one that I'd seen. What? 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 I haven't seen that one. What was it like? Okay, so I need to be honest about something. Yeah, I've been meaning to bring this up on the podcast for about a month. Oh, okay. So it's so we're now right. probably two months. Oh, on. Okay. How strange would it be? Have you seen him since? No, I can't go in there. Oh no. Oh, <laughs> well, they just don't go in there again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> QC at the Glapsy. Yeah. Here in uh, PA. Like it. Okay. Uh, who's the first one from? Regal Baron Nick. Uh-huh. Please help. It's been three days since Halloween. I've just gotten over the scariest song ever. You know the one. Oh, let's not mention it. No. The song that dare not be named. It's too scary. But I'm not. I was working in the lab. <laughs> <Trish>. <laughs> Sorry. But I'm not over what happened. For context, my other half is American and big into Halloween. They love it. Our house looks like a Halloween vomited from a great height into the front garden. Looking out, I count 18 carved pumpkins. Wow. Wow. We've also just recently moved here, number six, and we have a cordial relationship with five and seven. But beyond that, we have no relationship. And I'm very happy with that. Yeah. We actually thought number four was giving us evil looks. Mm, I bet they were. On the day in question, I was sat doing what sat, sat wondering what did ever happen to the Transylvanian twist, minding my own business, <laughs> when the scariest thing of all happened. There was a knock at the door. We opened the door. It's the Babadook. There was no one there. Oh. Just a bag on the doorstep. Full of candy. Oh. With a gift tag that said, Happy Halloween from number four. Oh. My initial comment was that we now had to move. <laughs> what is the alternative? An annual exchange of gifts? Is this just a Halloween thing because of the plethora of Halloween decorations? Or are these monsters expecting an interaction every holiday? My girlfriend has as much social anxiety as I do, but as an American, she has the habit of hating the idea of social interaction, but then becoming the centre of attention once there. So she reacted quickly by baking a pumpkin pie and delivering it as a thank you. But surely this can't go on. Right. What's our next move? We have two kids just that just started school, so my initial thought of moving is apparently not an option, despite my protestations. We want to be nice neighbours, but just don't want to talk to them. Mm. What do we do? Oh, God, it's so hard. I mean, what were they up to? What are they up to? What was going on there with them? What is their play? Yeah. I've been watching too much Succession, so I think everyone's Ooh. got a play. Everyone's, I mean, this isn't a thing, is it? A play. Dropping round sweets. No. The, no, that's not a thing. You have no. to go knock on the doors to get them. Mm. Feels like it might be a bit passag. What so what what is what are they being aggressive about? Probably all those like rotting pumpkins in the, the garden. The, well, didn't they say they were cardboard pumpkins? <laughs> no, carved. Oh, carved. oh, oh, okay, probably attracting okay, all sorts okay, of vermin. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, firstly, you're sending out the wrong message to your neighbourhood. <laughs> that's. I mean, I don't like to oh. victim blame here, but yeah, yeah. I think that's part of what's coming on. <laughs> 
you're you're telling the world that you are fun people mm. who are down to party. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> but I mean, was it some kind of Trojan horse? <laughs> some kind of Trojan horse. Oh, Why were they dropping a gift off? What's in it I for them? No, I'm wondering a few things. Mm. They had a lot of leftovers. Didn't want them in the house for variety dietary reasons. To thought they like Halloween. They've got kids. Drop them off. Not expecting anything in return. But the fact that they did a bit of a knock and a run situation is a little bit weird. I would have thought an explanation would have been. Oh, you see, I, I, I quite. I think. I think the knock and the run is the, the glimmer of hope here. Oh, okay, fine. Because that says to me they don't like an interaction. Yeah, true. It says they want to be nice neighbours, mm. despite the the glaring, the mm. evil glaring. Mm-mm. Okay. But, you know, this is very similar to me on the train. An evil glare can be misconstrued. Um, here's, here's what I think you do. Next holiday. What's what's next? Christmas. Christmas. So what is, like, think what the most disgusting Christmas food is and then get, like, a very bad version of that <laughs> and drop that around. And that'll put an end to it. Yeah. Okay, great. What was your idea? No, that's fine. Okay. Uh, and then this is from LL. Cool, Jay. Yeah. I have... On or is it Welsh, is it? <laughs> no, no, it's LL. Okay. It's, it's a lady. I have on more than one occasion seen women, never men, walking around the streets of NYC with a little X stitching still attached to the back flap vent of their blazers and jackets. Mm. Depending on my mood, I do sometimes just quietly go up to them and say, I'm not sure you know, but your jacket flap stitching is still there. Sometimes they look at me like I'm insane, but I don't care because I feel good about removing this humiliation for them. However, recently my own therapist had this same issue. I just couldn't say anything to my own (laughs) therapist about how she was clueless about that white X stitch on her blaze event. And now I feel terrible because I let her go on with her life with that X on her back. I can't imagine telling her now, but I'm wondering if either of you would counsel me otherwise. This is very interesting. I'm not massively clear on the X myself. Occasionally, like, well, you should take it out. But I think some people don't realise you should take What's it, it out. What's it there for then? To, to keep to, it neat in yeah, keep transit. Yeah, keep it neat. Yeah, yeah, when, when they're in the oh. shop and when they're, yeah. Um, but why, okay. Well, no, it's just, a few it's just like one of those things, a hangover okay. probably okay. from the okay. days of tailoring. I don't, I don't and know. And people don't, people think it's a part of the design. They don't realise Some it's, people do. Yeah. And but mm. then are you embarrassing them by that, letting them know? I'm not sure. I don't think I could tell anybody, let alone a therapist. My so, own therapist. Yeah, I, 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 I told you before that sometimes people have told me that my the the zip on my backpack is undone. Mm. And for a long time, I thought, what a what a nice, what a concerned thing that my fellow citizens. Uh, how lovely that my fellow citizens are concerned about that. Mm. And then I remember speaking to somebody with ang- some form of anxiety and they said, oh, it's a trigger for a lot of people. Like yeah. with anxiety is seeing that thing. So yeah. it's not about helping somebody. It's about, you know, having to resolve it yourself mm, and, mm. and uh, close that loop in your own brain. So I wonder if that is part of what is going on. Yes, yes. I feel like if you brought it up in the therapy session... A good therapist would say, and, and why is it important to you that we talk about this? I think it's something that could be brought up in within that context. Say, so I, I I've got a it, compulsion to tell people. I think it would be a very interesting therapy mm. session. However, 
It's whether you want to spend however many dollars it is <laughs> yeah. talking about that thing. I don't know what other issues you've got going on in your life. Yeah. I've had therapy sessions in the past sometimes where I'm on my way there and it's a bit like doing the podcast where I'm thinking, oh God, what am I going to talk about? I must have some material. <laughs> and it could be, you could save it yeah. for one of those weeks. You're essentially paying to have her cut that X off her back. And do you care that much? No, why should you? I think it'd be interesting. I think, I think the, um, the compulsion to tell people would be an interesting thing to get into in therapy. Okay. Maybe it'll open up all sorts of doors into yeah. your psyche that'd be very useful yes okay well then that's our recommendation That was our podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have a quandary that you would like us to address in Quandary Corner at the GLAP Clinic in Problematic, where you uh, have a social situation, you're unsure of the etiquette, you're unsure of the uh, of the chain of events that you need to um, that you need to enact, then we we I think have proven yet again this week that we are highly skilled at this this particular thing. Also, if you'd like to email us your um, your story is social ineptitude or the layers of things that are stuck in the layers of associations that are stuck in your head that's been the thing we've been doing these last few weeks we'd love to hear from you the email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com thanks to man and the echo for the backing music and to uh, emily harrison for the incidental music kim rainey designed our artwork carla gowler took the photos and i'll uh, i'll finish this week by saying yes you saved my arts. So, sorry. Bless you. Bless you. Just a short podication this week. Yep. It's a tiddler. It is. It's from Laura Jones. Who says, hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hello. I was just wondering if you could podicate this episode to my mum, Tessa, as it's her birthday on the 10th of November. Happy birthday, Tessa. Happy birthday, Tessa. I would just like to wish my mum an amazing, fabulous birthday because she is such a loving, kind mum. And I hope she has the best birthday ever, ever. That's nice, isn't it? That, it's a, it's a that brought bar. a little tear from my eye thinking of Rudy one day emailing in a podcast that I listened to saying that I was lovely and kind. That's so nice. Yeah, isn't it? Also yeah. because Tessa's one of my oldest and dearest friends. That's and Tessa, so I, Tessa. Yes, yes, it's Tessa, Tessa. Oh and I God. know her lovely Laura, so I thought it was lovely. What's, what's Tessa doing listening to this? <laughs> <laughs> she seems so well adjusted. She does. <laughs> oh, Tessa. How nice. Mm. Um, well, uh, that's, um, that, that's good to know. So, sorry, see, I'm now making about Tessa when, um, really we were focusing on the act of kindness. Yes. That Laura had, uh, but it's Tessa's birthday. Yeah, it's about her, isn't it? And how is this affecting your relationship with Tessa's birthday? Uh, I'm thinking I haven't sent a card yet. I need to send a card. Will you be sent, would you have sent a card if this publication hadn't I been tried to. In? I try to get organised. Not You're always. very good, Annabelle. No, I, I say I try. <laughs> try and fail, try and fail. I don't, you know, but I, I don't mm. even remember to try a lot of the time. <laughs> well, how old is Laura? Laura is 12. Yes, Blimey. 12. Mm. 
We're, mo- we're moving up the generations, aren't we? I know. We're silverbacks. Yes, silverbacks. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yep. Uh, I hope uh, I hope Tess has a good birthday. Me too. Do you trust her to stay in control? Oh, very much so. Yeah. <laughs> Especially as Laura's listening. <laughs> well, not, not go too wild. No. How's she doing sort of midlife crisis wise, Tessa? Doing good. That's yeah, good. doing good. Does that mean it's, it's she she got through it all and scared or do you mean it's coming? <laughs> well, that she might dye her hair purple or Whatever, something like that. You know, it's, it's, what, what, what's the cliche of like yeah, midlife crisis now? Yeah. I don't know. I'm a bit out of touch. I, I shouldn't be, really. I should know all about it. Um, well, happy birthday, Tessa. Happy birthday. What a lovely thing, Laura. Yeah. And if you would like a podication, you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.